Welcome to Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Okay, um, do you want your phone back? Do I take a quick picture on it? Just bear with me a second, this is quite important. And uh, there's a neat trick, I don't know, hang on a sec. There's a a neat trick, I just recommend this, that if if a phone is unlocked, you can say, use as wallpaper. And and, uh, so that's done. You're really welcome. I know, I I have a feeling your family were on there um, before. Not anymore. Okay, so so that's a special gift for you. it's great to be together in God's house today. Uh, Shania, thank you, and the band for leading us so into God's presence. I feel like the words of the songs meant something today. Does anyone else feel that? It felt it didn't feel like song singing to me. It felt like a group of people gathering together and, and really agreeing together to sing truth about the nature of God. Uh, really, really grateful for that. I, I was also, I was trying to free up seats here, but no one wanted to sit in the splash zone. In fact, the splash zone is becoming remarkably empty now because uh, I spit when I preach. But um, the, uh, I was standing over there and I, I was just really, really blessed. And Rachel uh, Penrose was doing the signing uh, in, during the worship. And I was so blessed um, by Rachel and others who offer for the heart of hearing the, the uh, sign language. It was an amazing thing. And uh, Rachel's now gone down to, to serve our kids' team. So, uh, Rachel, we're just really blessed um, to have uh, to, to reach out. I, I was just really moved by um, what I saw. Okay, um, we're going to, today is the second of kind of a three part series. Uh, very much separated by, uh, I was away last week, uh, and then by most of the summer for the third part. And I'm talking about passing the baton. And uh, this series is, uh, is about the, the changeover, the handing on of leadership within Wellspring Church. Now, if you're here for the first time, uh, my name's Tim. I'm really glad to meet you and to extend the welcome that David offered you before. Um, th- this is going to be, uh, I hope, helpful to everyone in the room and everyone watching. This might help you in any transition in your life. But specifically, I'm talking to members of Wellspring Church as a family where we're going on a significant journey over the next couple of weeks, really a matter of weeks now, when David becomes senior minister on the 10th of uh, September, as he's mentioned. And it seems right that we should pause for a moment and we should actually have a think and a pray about that transition. Does that sound like good to anyone? So, um, so last time, two weeks ago, I talked about the timelessness of God. And we see in Scripture, we see from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, that God is gradually and in stages revealing who he is to his people. And that actually continues, the self-revelation continues through us as the church, actually. But uh, we find in the book of Revelation, there's a, an awareness that the, John has a vision of, of heaven, of God in heaven. And, uh, and the song that is sung is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. And uh, this is reinforced, actually, in Hebrews chapter 13, where Jesus is described as the same, if you know it, you can say it along with me, yesterday, today, and forever. 
the timelessness of God. And whenever we go through change, it's important that we recognize the firm foundation that we've been singing about is the nature of God. Do you know, he doesn't have a time of the month. He doesn't have mood changes. He, he doesn't have times where we don't know quite how, you know, how he is. In te- he, he is joyfully complete in his nature. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, holy in the past, holy in the present, and holy in the future. Yes, he's the Lord of the past. He's the God of today. And, and actually, he's the Almighty of the future. And so whatever happens in our lives, we can rest assured in the timelessness of God. Is that right? If you want to hear more about that, you can find that on our podcast. And I, I encourage you to, uh, if you want to catch up on where we're at. Now, one of the, the uh, scriptures that's been really uh, helpful to me uh, is from David. King David went through a lot in his life. If you think about his life, it, it ranged from being popular and being in a palace. Imagine the scent of the king's palace with all the freshly uh, cut flowers, all surrounded by the fragrance of all, all the perfumes of the palace. He, went, he had times in his life where he knew great blessing in terms of material blessing. He also had other seasons in his life when he was in a cave with a bunch of criminals. Imagine that smell. So you kind of got a range of experiences, and yet he is resolved in himself as we read the book of Psalms, so many of them uh, that David wrote. And this is what he says in Psalm 16. He says this, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. This is how I read that. You know, you sometimes fall asleep. And at times there may be tears, at times there may be torment, there may be turmoil. You might struggle to fall asleep. But he says, even in the night, even as, as I sleep, my heart instructs me that when I wake up, I'm aware of the mercy of God. When I wake up, I'm aware that God is still faithful. Uh, And it says in Limitations that that his mercies are new, what? Every morning. So David knew the experience of his heart being instructed while he sleeps because he wakes up having blessed the Lord. He says this in verse 8, I know the Lord is always with me. Then let's read this last bit together. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. King David, is he will not be shaken. That's a decision of his will. That's actually a statement of truth. It's also a decision. It's a position. Is that I will not be shaken. The reason for that is because the Lord is right by me. The Lord is with me. That means he's with me in the palace and he's with me in the cave. Yes? He's with me when I'm well and he's with me when I'm sick. He's with me when things are going well at work and he's with me at times when my job is tinkering like this or I'm made redundant or I lose my job. Do you know what? I will bless the Lord and I will not be shaken. Why? Because the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. I want to talk today about the timeliness of this transition of leadership in the church, the timeliness of this transition. And when I talk about change, um, I just want to acknowledge a few things. I'm going to talk firstly about the pain of change. I'm going to talk about the priority of surrender, the principle of succession, the prophet's confirmation. And you know I'm coming into land with my message when I talk about our prayer for expansion. All right, so listen out for those things. Firstly, I want to talk about the pain of change. How many of you know that pain, uh, that change, even good change, is always painful? 
It's painful. Uh, let me explain it. You know, has anyone moved house recently? Yeah, some of you are like, yeah. Did you hear that? Oh. Now, listen, when, when you, in many cases, when you looked at the house, you're like, we want to live there. I want to live, oh, it looks, it's so much nicer than where I am now. It, the neighborhood looks nicer, or, or it's in Watford. I mean, come on. Uh, so it's like, uh, there's, there's, you look forward and think, do you know what? This is going to be great. When we live there, this is what it's going to be like. You, you, maybe you've dreamed, if you're blessed enough to, to move into your dream home, I tell you, it's still stressful. You get into the place where you've moved, and it's painful. Because you don't know where everything is. You don't know your neighbors. You don't know what's around you. The thing you look forward to that was a good change brings pain. Can I hear any amens to that? Same with a new job. Maybe you, you know, either you finish your qualifications, you want to step up in your career, you want to change career, you apply for a job. Oh, I really hope, do you know what? My life's going to be so much better when I get that job. And then you, maybe then you get uh, shortlisted, you get interviewed, and it goes well. It's like, do you know what? I just know. And you're praying all the time, Lord, give me the new job. You get the new job, and then you meet the people that you have to work with. And then you realize it's still a job that requires you to get out of bed and to use your skills and to deal with people. And there's stress and there's responsibility. And the thing you wanted... That was a good change. Yeah, tell you, does anyone know there's pain in the change? There's always pain in the change. It could be to do with an achievement. Maybe you, you've studied to get an achievement. I'm so proud of our niece. Uh, she just got a first at Birmingham University in physiotherapy. I'm just so proud of her. She's done so well. Now, when you get that certificate, you get that, grad, you graduate. Anyone graduated recently? Okay, so you, that was the focal point, wasn't it? Of all your effort and prayer. I've got to study, 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 work, work. Then you get that. And then there's a case of, well, now what? It's not always easy. Anyone had a baby here? Anyone had a baby ruin their lives? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, no. I, I, I sorry. I mean, let me put it, phrase it a bit better. Has anyone else had a child disrupt their status quo? Oh, we really want a child. We really want a child. We really. Uh, and you know, if you're in that place where you're longing for children, and and listen, I, I, we've we've been there. My wife, Helen, and I have been there where everyone else seems to be getting pregnant and you're still... That, that's painful, right? And if you're today, you're longing to have your own child. and It's just, I'm, I'm not dismissing the pain. But longing for something good and the blessing that children are, then, then you get, it's a nine-month period and, then, and there's all the preparations and then the, the child arrives and that's a joyful, painful change. You say goodbye to sleep. You, you say goodbye to doing what you want to do. Hello? Anyone telling me? I'm telling you. It's the pain of change. Is it good? Yes. The scriptures say children are a gift from the Lord. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, they're a gift that comes with pain attached. And I'm talking, I didn't even have to push them out. There's pain attached to even the best change. The reason is, one of the reasons, is that our worldview has to change. And that's uncomfortable. In, uh, in our view of the world, our perspective changes. New neighborhood, new job, new church, new, uh, new child. 
is that our worldview shifts and changes. And what that means is that the future, that we've got a trajectory, a point at which we, we know we can't go back. It's not going to be like it was. And that is loss, and that is grief, and that is change, and that is painful. It's not going to be like it was. Maybe one of the best analogies of a compass. Uh, some people in this room are old enough to recognize before the days of GPS being available on even the cheapest phone, before all of those days, compasses were how you would navigate. I learned how to navigate using an OS map and a little compass. Uh, for those of you who don't understand what that is, it's, it's a magnetically sensitive uh, pointer that's either in a blood or in a uh, kind of either in fluid um, or it's just in air, it's in a gap, and it responds to magnetic north. And if you put it, you know, if you po point it out in the open air, not near anything that's metallic or magnetic, then it will point you to wherever you are in the world to magnetic north. It's amazing. Great technology. And it's been used uh, in navigating around the world. You can be in the middle of the ocean and there'll be absolutely no points of reference at all, but you can know where you are because of the compass. If you put that compass near, I don't know, a combustion engine, you'll see it spin. There's metal going all over the place. There's magnetic forces moving around. If you put it near even something like a, a, some old mobile phones or anything that has magnetic field, it can spin. Listen, what happens when we go through change is our compass spins. And that's really painful, even if we're going somewhere that God is leading us. The reason I mention all of this is that things in Wellspring Church are not going to be the same as they were. And do you know what? That's okay. In fact, that's good. Some of you are like, yes! <laughs> it's okay. In fact, it's good. But I want to acknowledge in God's presence, there is pain in the change, even good change. This is a good change. But let's acknowledge things are not going to be the way they were. That things are going to be better than they were. But the point is, let's give each other grace. Let's give each other time. Let's be sensitive to one another because uh, this is quite a significant transition for many people. Or maybe it's just me, but I don't think it's just me. I, I, I'm aware today as I stand here, this is one of the last times that I will address you as your senior minister in 25 years. The reason for that is next week I'm going on holiday with my family, and then I'm away the next week, uh, still on holiday, <laughs> thank you, Lord, and uh, then I'm next week uh, on a different holiday, and then I'm away the next week, I'm not sure, quite sure why, but basically, uh, this is one of the last times. Uh, why am I smiling so much? <laughs> the, the, the fact is, the fact is, we have encountered God in his word in this way, on well over 1,500 times. It's such a privilege to have a microphone, such a privilege to open the Bible with you, it really is. So I'm kind of sad. It's good change, but there's pain in the change. The second thing, and it follows on directly after, is the priority of surrender. So that's the pain of change. The second thing, the priority of surrender. Priority means it comes first. When we go through things in our lives that unsettle us, the first thing we do is surrender. The, the sooner we get to a point of surrender, the more God can do in life. 
if, if you're wrestling over control in your life, guess what? Uh, you could wrestle for a long time. Some of you have been wrestling for months and months and years and years and even decades trying to control all the outcomes in your own life. I want to give you a word from the Lord today. Give up. Surrender. Trust him. You see, we don't have to trust the Lord, but we can choose to. The priority is surrender. The Apostle Paul wrote this in his letter to the church in Philippi. And these words will be familiar to some of us because we've been around a while. Uh, some of us have been around a long while and, uh, and heard every one of those 1,500 sermons. Um, anyway, Philippians 4, these important words. I just want to zone in and focus on one aspect of this. This is from Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything, Paul says. Instead, pray about, what does it say? Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, and there is a sequence to this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The New International Version of this uses this as what's in my mind from my childhood. It says, and by prayer and petition, present your request to God. Present your request to God. Uh, and actually, the Greek in this is passive. In other words, it's a thing that you do, and then once it's done, you leave it done. It, you present your request to God in the context of thanksgiving. So we've got all these worries. I've got all these things in my mind, all these anxieties, these fears, these disappointments. I've got them all, uh, and I've got the opportunity to, by prayer and petition, to present them to who? To the Lord. Let's, let's say, let's say we had, David had a great idea. It's like, guys, we're going to petition Rishi Sunak while he's prime minister we're going we're gonna to send him a petition that the government should pay for the extension of the Wellspring Church Center. Great idea. And, all we did, we're, and we all, who wants to sign that petition? Yeah. Right? Just, so we all put our signature on it, and uh, we sign, put our date and everything, and then we give it. And then David goes to number 10. Rishi, I don't know if you're in. Oh, David, I've heard about you. And, uh, and he goes, and David goes, and he says, here you go, Mr. Prime Minister. Here's our petition. Now, at that point, what does he have to do to the paper? He has to let it go. He signed it, but he gives the petition to the one who's got the authority that if he wants to, he can do that. And then what does he do? Hold there, stand there in number 10. They'll be like, thank you very much, Reverend Dodwell. Now get out. We've got another appointment. <laughs> then he has to walk away. Don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition... Present your request to God. Give them to him. When I was about 15, just a couple of years ago, um, I was privileged to go to California. And my, um, one of my favorite places in the whole world is Yosemite National Park. Has anyone been there? Oh, it's amazing. And I, I was uh, privileged to go there with my cousin, who's a bit younger than me, but was quite a bit bigger than me because he's an American football offensive linesman uh, for a lineman for his team, and he was an Eagle Scout. You know, he's like, yeah, we're going to go up a hill. That's a good impression of my cousin Andy. Um, yeah, let's go, let's go. And then there was my older uncle, and then the, slight, then the younger of my uncles on that side, and he uh, was a firefighter in the national parks in America. And uh, he would run with axes 
towards the fire that everyone else is running away from. In fact, as time went on, he became one of the nation's leading experts in fighting wildfires. This guy, his name's Aaron, and he was like a hero of mine. And at the age of 15, I looked at this guy, Aaron, and I felt like he was just a hero. Not, not an ounce of fat on him, just all just lean muscle and agility. Oh, I love Aaron. He's awesome. And so we, I was over there, and he said, right, we're going to go to Yosemite, and we're going to climb higher than Half Dome. In fact, there's a mountain behind Half Dome called Clouds Rest, and it's a ridge, quite a long ridge. And uh, we, so we all loaded up, and we were going to sleep at the top of the mountain overnight. And so we filled our bags. We had everything we needed. We had loads of water. We had pots and pans and, and a fire and a tent and sleeping mat and, and, and clothes. And by the time uh, I was loaded up, I could almost not walk even at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> so we leave a place called Mirror Lake, which is the most stunning place, and uh, we start hiking this hill. And I'm like, oh, Aaron, we need a break. We need a break. And, and he's like, no, we need to keep going. There's a storm coming over, and we need to be over the ridge before the storm comes. Like, he could, he could read the weather. He's the mad, magic man. So, so he's like, we need to keep going. So, like, oh, please, can we break? So literally for hours, we hardly stopped once. And we get over to the top. And I remember getting to the top of the ridge and said, it's okay, we're safe here. There's some shelter. Even if the storm comes, we're going to be all right. And I'm like, can I put this bag down? And, uh, and I stood there, and it was so heavy on my back, I was leaning forward, you know, to stop myself kind of falling back. And I remember this moment, and it was brilliant, where I, he said, Aaron said, just unclip the front, there's a strap here, unclip it. And I remember his strong hands just so easily lifting off my shoulders. I had grooves that were like cut into my flesh almost. And I remember him lifting that off and putting it on the ground. And I felt like I could dance like a... A ballet dance. Obviously, I'm built for ballet. You can tell that. Uh, so I did a pirouette and just on the top. No, I didn't do that. And, uh, but I felt everything. Now, it would be crazy having taken that load off to just put it back on again, right? That would be crazy. It's the last thing I wanted to do. When we are heavy burdened, when we are worried and anxious, I give an encouragement to you. Present your requests to the Lord and let him take them. And once he has them, hear me, he has them. When we are given them to, then when we've truly surrendered, then it's in his hands. So by prayer and petition, present your request to God. Then this is what he says. Then you will experience God's peace. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The reason is, the worries might come, the fears might come, the disappointments might come, and you might be like, no, 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 I've given those over. I'm not taking those up again. I gave them to the Lord. Church, whatever we're going through, we can give it to the Lord, and we can present our request to God and know that he has got them. Hallelujah. The priority of surrender. The kind of surrender, the kind of trust that caused St. Brendan, one of the Celtic saints, to set sail, not knowing where he was going to go, literally to throw a sail up with some monks to go and preach the gospel uh, in the northern part of around kind of Scotland. And they just set sail and just trusted the Lord to take them. And where they landed, they went and preached the gospel. That surrender is not having to know where it all ends or where it all goes, but to trust him. Lord, would you help us? 
Lord Jesus, thank you that in the Garden of Gethsemane, you said, not my will, but yours will be done. Lord Jesus, you truly taught us how to surrender. So that's the pain of change, the priority of surrender. And that's what we do as a church. We say, Lord, we don't know everything that's going to happen, but we know we trust you and we choose to surrender. The third thing, the principle of succession. What an absolute joy and privilege it is for us as a church to be in a position in a world of absolute craziness and corruption and compromise in local churches, in denominations, things near to us, things far from us. What a joy and privilege it is that we are able here to hand over the mantle of leadership of Wellspring Church to someone, to a spiritual son of mine and Helen, but also someone that has been raised up within this church family. This is generational succession. This is really good news. I think this is kind of how it ought to be. And look what God has blessed us with, a continuation of vision. There'll be new ideas, new approaches. But what an amazing thing. Listen, this is a, this is a simple principle, that this idea of generational succession it is not new. It's not something we came up with. It's actually how things have worked. Think about Moses and, and Joshua. More importantly, think about Jesus and the disciples. He spent three years is all teaching them, with them every day, talking about the kingdom of God, showing them how to do miracles, showing them what the gospel is all about, sending them, uh, hearing their reports back. And then what does he do? He leaves them. But he doesn't leave them until he's passed on the baton. Here you go, Matthew. Here you go, Simon. Here you go, John and James. He passes them. See, passing the baton is a natural way for leadership to take place from one generation to the next. Then Jesus establishes the church through, well, 11 in the end. 11 faithful men end up being used to establish the church together with all the other people. Only 120 were in the upper room receiving the Holy Spirit that David talked about before. Isn't that amazing? That this idea of it's a principle of succession. It's how the kingdom works. So what's happening here is awesome and is really, really good. And I thank God for it. You see, the reason for that is that leadership is seasonal. Ministry is seasonal. You know, your job, if you have one, seasonal. Before long, some young whippersnapper is going to take your job. Or a robot will. Or a computer program will. Yes? Someone's going to take it. You, you might think, well, this is, this is my job for life. No, it isn't. It's a job for a part of your life. And then you'll have to let go of it. It's just normal. It's natural. It's a generational thing. So let's not think for a moment that we can hold on to things that actually are not asked to hold on to. This is the challenge in leadership, maybe particularly in church leadership, is the temptation to hold on to the baton for too long. And we're deciding, we know this is God's time, this is the time. And it's a great joy and privilege to hand over a leadership baton to David in a matter of weeks' time, because this is the time for that. And that is good and natural. And Helen and I will be the biggest cheerleaders as David runs his leg of the race. Now listen, it's not all about leadership. Of course, it's about all of us. God is wanting to do something new in all of our lives. And this is just an expression of that. Can I hear an amen? amen. So as we go on this journey, we celebrate the of succession. It's good. 
And the reason it's important is that every local church needs prophetic direction, needs pastoral care, needs missional focus. And it's been our privilege, Helen and I, to offer the best of that with all of our failings and flaws for 25 years. But now is the time for us to say, David, now you run and you lead. And our job together as members of Wellspring Church is to say, David, we are with you. We're going with you. And greater things are still to come than we've seen in the past. Leadership is seasonal. So is all of our ministries. So the question is, why now? That's the principle of succession. The question is, why now? So the fourth point is about the prophet's confirmation. In a moment, I want to play you a bit of audio, but before that, I want to put it in context. When um, David was uh, baptized at the age of seven, the pastor at the time was a man called Gordon Hickson. And uh, David was, uh, he, yeah, he was, he was in Garston, was it Garston? Garston Community Church. And a prophetic word was given to David at his baptism. And it went something like this. David, I see that you're like an arrow. And you're going to fly straight. If you're faithful to God, you will fly straight and you will hit the target. Very personal, very beautiful image to a young man whose heart is after God's own heart. And it still is. But the challenge there was stay true to the Lord and then you'll hit the target. That's a while ago, right? 1994. Fast forward a bit, 2017. Helen and I are in Coventry at a church called CLM, run by some good friends of ours. And the leader of Assemblies of God uh, denomination in Singapore was there, a guy called Dominic Yeo. He did some leadership stuff. And then uh, afterwards, he said, I want to pray for a few leaders. He came to us. It didn't take very long at all. He came to us and he said, um, he said to Helen, he said, you are a Deborah. You are called to be a warrior. And you're going to fight where many people would be afraid to go. God's going to use you. You're a Deborah. And we knew it was the Lord speaking because just half an hour before we arrived in the car up the M1, we were talking about the story of Deborah and Barak. So no coincidence there. Then he turned to me. He said, he said you, I see that the Lord is building a platform for a springboard. Now is the season of the platform, but the platform is for a springboard. And then he moved on and prayed for some other people. We were like, okay, we talking about it on the way back and, and thought, well, maybe, maybe there'll be opportunities within our denomination or something, but that really didn't go uh, the way that I thought it might. So it kind of lay dormant for many, many years until December 2022. Many of you were here, actually, that weekend where Gordon and Rachel Hickson were here and a prophetic uh, member of their team called Helen Azer. On the Saturday, we had some leadership time together and we were just talking and praying about the church. Uh, many things were stored in my heart on that day and in David's. So we'd begun to have some conversations, but it was kind of really sensing we need the Lord's timing to be made clear. And then they start uh, giving words of prophetic encouragement. And uh, it's a really good encouragement for you. If someone starts praying for you, particularly if you trust them, I'd encourage you to get your voice memo thing out on your phone and press record. That's all I did. And the sound quality is not brilliant, so hopefully the, the words will come up um, that have kind of a robot did for us. Um, but just have a listen. Uh, so remember, the word was, is that, um, that God is bringing, uh, building a platform uh, for a springboard. The only other thing that's been provoked me over and over is the word spring. You know, and obviously, 
bring the water theme, you know, I get that. But God's just been on that, and I've just felt it's it's about also being a springboard in this season. Yeah. And I felt that he's saying to you that um, you've been a church which has valued and stewarded people really well, and there's an excellence in what you do. And because of that excellence, there's a permission for people to give things a go. And that as you stretch people, as you allow people to have a go, it's almost like, you know when you look at a springboard like a diving board? Whoa. Sometimes people bounce and it's like there's, there's more than one before they launch. And I felt like God was saying, that's been the permission to give it a go, maybe look like they failed, but actually they come back up and then they're launched off. And because of that, you're in a season where new things will be launched. And I think what Rachel's saying about you haven't done it before, it's new. There's new things to be launched. And he's saying to you, this is a season of the springboard season. It's you're launching stuff. There's a launching off. And don't almost be afraid of um, looking back at things that have maybe been attempted in, in a previous season. And it's felt like, oh, they haven't quite taken off. But because it's actually this momentum. Rachel used the word momentum a minute ago. And I just really felt yep. it's like there's a new momentum to launch. And I, I felt that in your name. It's the, And it's going to be well. It's <laughs> going to be good. It's going to be a well sprung Done season. Don't pray it, Helen. It's all so Father, I just thank you in this season. I thank you for the springboard effect of what you're doing. And we thank you that when word and spirit come together, there's a new momentum in the spirit. And we thank you for the, the seed in the ground here, the destiny, the legacy. We agitate that again. And Father, we thank you that even as they spring forward into the new, it's springing on the shoulders of what has been. So there's a good foundation. But Lord, now we declare a new season of launching into the new things, launching off into the new. And so, Father, we thank you for the springing forward. We thank you this is not a season to reverse, it's a season to spring forward. And, Lord, we declare a real launching of people, a launching of vision, and a launching of, of it's those, those three, the projects, Buildings. the finances, mm. and the people. Leadership yeah. capacity. We thank you for an upgrade. We thank you for the launch of the new. Mm. Thank oh. you, Jesus. Is that amazing? The Lord knows. The Lord speaks. This is the season of the springboard. The next day, uh, who was here on that Sunday um, when they were here? Quite a few people here. Um, David was sat there, and uh, there was a time of open prayer. And Helen Azer again, uh, she said, I've just got this picture. I've got this picture of a, a bow and, and an arrow. And I see in this, and I see that for a time, the arrow has been stretched back as if it's ready to go. And there's been a sense of, uh, when is this going to be released? Uh, but the Lord says that because you've been faithful, and because you've been, and this was not, I knew it was for David. I sat there crying. He sat there meeting the Lord. Uh, but now is the time. You've been waiting. You've been patient. But because you've been true, now is the time for your release. See, this building was built on a prophetic word. It was. And we're still learning to know when God speaks. I'm not talking through, through kind of people who just make up things and put them in God's mouth. I mean, I mean, people who are proven prophetic leaders, who've done some miles with the Lord, who've had their gift proven, 
where when prophetic voices speak, we listen. This is the prophet's confirmation is that now is the time. There might be some pain in the change. But as we surrender, we understand this is a good thing, succession. And it's been confirmed prophetically. And our answer to that is yes. Why? Because we surrendered. Because we surrendered, we therefore say, now I know some of this is not new to some of us, but others, we're on the journey here. I just want to underline the importance of recognizing the season we're in. This change is good and it is God. There's another aspect of that, of this that is um, kind of far more painful for me to, to talk about. Um, many of you know that um, Helen's been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I'm not going to go into any details, and I know you'll respect our privacy with that. Um, but the, the prayer, the health does not go in the same direction as the prayers. And that's pretty tricky. And so what I recognize within God's plan, and I, we don't have to trust him, but we do, yes? And, and one word from the Lord, it takes a moment. So time is in his hands. Our days are in his hands. Your days are in his hands, not just Helen's, all of our days. Today's a gift. I, I hung this here. You might be wondering, why is there, why is there this decoration? Oh, of course, I've just messed this up. So uh, sorry, David. Um, so this was given to us by uh, champions at the end of the first service. And uh, they made this. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That was made by champions. And this, this is for you, Helen. I'll bring it home. Dear Helen, we are praying for you. Love from the champions. Right? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? Um, so, so we trust in the Lord, right? Um, but what this means for us as a family is that I can see God's kindness in giving us space as a family. Space to go on lots of holidays over the next few weeks. But actually, I can see God's hand in allowing us as a family to have extra time together. And, and part of that, actually, um, is that uh, our plan is to, and we will pass the baton, they will become senior minister on the 10th of September. But we've decided to bring forward by about a month um, the Thanksgiving, because Helen and I want to say some things to all of you uh, after 25 years of you putting up with us, basically. Um, and there's going to be a Thanksgiving for 25 years celebration. That's now going to be on the Saturday, uh, the 9th of September. And the reason for that is that I, I really want Helen to enjoy that as much as possible. And I'm sure we all want that. And uh, so let's just bring it forward. Let's get the summer holidays out of the way. And uh, so that's, you're all invited. And we're going to have a party. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to look back on the Saturday. We're going to give thanks. There's a lot to give thanks for. And then we're going to do a pivot on that day. And then on the Sunday, we're all going to head up to Bushy, to the Grange Academy in Bushy, and we're going to all to collectively agree as we see the anointing of God fall in new ways on David as he becomes senior minister and we pass that baton. And the benefit of that is that then we as a family then have, we then have more time together after that and probably go on another holiday. <laughs> uh, I reckon there's a, a few of those uh, coming up. That frees us up. So but still, that seems to me to indicate that God's up to something. And this is a season of a hinge, um, as painful as that is. I'd appreciate your prayers. Um, our trust is in the Lord because we choose to trust in him. And he is always good. Can I hear an amen? amen. The final thing I want to talk about is our prayer for expansion. Our prayer is for expansion. 
for the extension of the kingdom of God. Our prayer must be that God would expand us internally, us in our relationships, but us in this community, is that I'm talking now as a member of Wellspring Church, greater things are still to come. Amen? And so our prayer is for expansion. Lord, would you extend our territory? Lord, would you expand us? Would you take us further? And the final scripture for today, for me anyway, is from Matthew chapter 11. And in Matthew 11, Jesus is dealing with some complex issues around John the Baptist. And we don't have time to delve into that. It's really fascinating. And um, in Matthew chapter 11, uh, this is what he says about that. But there's one particular thought here. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. It's very ambiguous. You might have an asterisk next to that in your Bible. The Greek is complex because it's not clear whether it's, well, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and it's advanced by forceful people or the kingdom of God is advancing and there are forceful powers of opposition that are trying to stop it. And the best way of understanding that is it's both of those things. In other words, the kingdom of God extends and expands in a context of conflict. And so our prayer for expansion is not passive in a sense we say, God, I hope you'll do some good things. No, it's actually us forcefully deciding to face the future and moving forward and saying, God, we are going to forcefully take hold of your kingdom. We're going to take territory for you, for your glory and in your name, expecting opposition. Is that right? So it's active, but our prayer is for expansion. Lord, expand this church, extend our hearts, multiply leaders, raise even more of the next generation to be the next leaders. Hallelujah, Lord, expand us. I wonder if the band can come and join me, and I want to finish with this thought. I want to finish with this thought. What needs to expand first is our hearts. Yes, our hearts, our love for God. And our prayer is, God, would you expand our hearts, fill us more with your Holy Spirit, that we are filled and filled and filled and filled and filled again. Lord, expand our hearts that we could love you more. Listen, I know you love the Lord, many of you in this room, but I I bet you could love him some more, yes? I'm not shooting on you. Don't ever should on yourself. I'm saying you could. You could love God more. I know I could. And I pray every day, God, would you help me love you more? I love you. But I pray you'd help me love you more. Expand my heart. Well, maybe we could all pray that today. God, expand my heart. I see people over there and they seem, even though they're going through tough stuff, they seem to still be able to worship the Lord and praise him like it's their birthday. Do you know what? That's the heart for the love of God. That's the love of God in the beating heart of people who love him. And our prayer, God, would you expand our heart for you and our love for you. I also want to pray that God would expand our love for each other in the church. We, we know each other a bit, but not enough. We share life a bit with each other, but it's not deep enough, church. There's places to go. There's people you, in this room. There could be people that will be your friends for life. People you've not even said hello to yet could help you become all that God wants you to be. And you could help them become all that God wants them to be. So we say, God, would you expand our love for each other? I mean love. I mean agape. I don't mean romantic love, although weddings are good. If you fancy someone in the room, they're not taken, then we have more romance. But I'm talking about the agape love of God, the selfless love of God, the Christian love of God. 
Lord, expand our love for each other. And I guess finally our prayer is that we might expand in our community to see more and more lives in Watford and beyond extended and brought into the kingdom to see more and more people fall in love with Jesus as we have. That's my prayer. And I know it's David's heart as well. So over this summer, we're going to be looking at the Psalms. David's going to bring some messages. But as we approach September, we're all going to be celebrating, all right? We'll look back for a bit. And then we're going to look forward with faith. We're trusting you, Lord, to do so much more in the future than we've ever seen you do in the past. So I wonder if you've got your Bibles or phones in your hand and maybe uh, just set them down. You might find it helpful to... If you're at home, just try and put the other screens away and we're going to pray. And Lord, we want to say in this moment, God, we surrender to you. We give it all to you, Lord, as best we know how. We give you our fears and our disappointments. We give you our worries. We give it all to you. And we choose in this moment, Lord, to lead with you. We leave it with you because we choose to trust you today. And we pray, God, that you'd expand our hearts. Help us to love you more. Help us to trust you more. You are so faithful, God. You're so unchanging. You're the timeless king of our hearts. So we put our trust in you. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. in person and online.